0: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: This is unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier Seventeen. It's been a lot of homework done in this uh, last few minutes here, so I want to make sure I understand what we're doing, and everybody else out there understands what we're doing. Somehow we have created that Doc Rivers is the Kevin Bacon slash Samuel L. Jackson of the NBA that you can connect anyone to him at any given point. Yeah. Right. He's the guy that we're using as that. So I, I very subtly asked CeCe, who's the NFL version of that? And you would think this guy is researching for his SATs right now. It's fascinating. You are so in-depth into figuring out who the Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Bacon is of the NFL. Who are your candidates,
0: CeCe? Well, I mean, it feels like the cutoff point is nine teams, right? Because I'm just going back to people that have been around the NFL forever, Mm -hmm. long-time coordinators. Maybe they've been a head coach once upon a time. But they've gone back to being coordinators. They, they would have touched a lot of players, right? Like that's what I'm thinking. So, okay. right now, the leading candidates were Rob Ryan, Alex Ryan's brother. We had Wade Phillips, who had coached in the NFL, Been forever, yeah. and and then we got Greg Williams, Mr. Bountegne. And I mean, each of them have had nine stops in the NFL. Like I'm just trying to get to to, to figure out: Is there somebody that has touched more players than any one of those guys?
1: So basically what we're saying, I just want to make sure we're clear on and so people can weigh in on this, it, it, it say ESPN. It is someone that has played with or coached the amount of different players in the league that yeah. we're talking about. Like Kevin Now we've Bay- got to
0: ex- we've got to exclude Bill Belichick because he's been in the league since nineteen seventy five, right? Yeah. Well he's so, not currently. Well, well I mean he breaks my heart. He has been in the league since nineteen seventy five. Yeah. So obvious he's the obvious answer. Yeah. right. Yeah, for but sure. Aside Belichick aside. Who's the next person that's touched more NFL players?
1: Well, the whole beauty of the Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Bacon thing, which we can apply to this, is that it's not like they have one franchise or one TV show the whole time. Yeah, Yeah. They've been in a million movies and TV shows. So Belichick's really been for the one franchise the majority of the time. It needs to be the person that's been through a million different franchises in the course of these sports. Now, Doc in the NBA... I mean, Doc's getting up there. I, I like Doc as the as the answer for the NBA on this. Baseball, I feel like, and hockey would have so many. Yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. like guys change teams constantly yeah. on this. So we're looking for the Kevin Bacon slash Samuel L. Jackson of the respective sports at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Now, based on what you just said now about the NFL, guys, maybe Doc is not the right answer. As a player, Hawks, Clippers, Knicks, Spurs, that's four. As a head coach, Magic, Celtics, Clippers, Sixers, Bucks. So that's not. Wow, well, it's nine again. Oh my mm-hmm. god! But it's the Clippers twice. But whatever. It's weird, isn't it? That is
2: weird. <laughs> so we need
1: the person that's been on ten teams as either a head coach slash manager or player. That's yeah. what we're looking at. Yeah. yeah. Well, Edwin Jackson, pitcher in Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah.
1: I want to say he's uh,
2: been everywhere.
1: He's been everywhere. Remember Chucky Brown, the yeah, power yeah, I forward. Yeah, remember Chucky Brown. Yeah. Ish Ish Smith. In the NBA, has definitely been on more than nine, yeah. Ish, but coaching wise, I don't know that anyone has, has hit that number that you're saying. Yeah, that coaches nine is that the are connected
0: number. to to nine different double franchises, digit, double digit teams.
1: That's crazy. Eight and eight say ESPN. We'll get some calls in on that. There was a report though. That surfaced over the last um, day or so that we are we are looking at, and we're like, okay, is this is this for real? So Derek Gunn, who covers the uh, Eagles and Philadelphia sports at Real D Gunn, he's the co-host um, of Sports Take on uh, JAKIB Sports. Um, he put out there the following tweet. He said, according to sources, Jalen, meaning Hurts, big contracts, pulled in numerous directions on and off the field, put him under a lot of pressure. He didn't handle it well. Big Dom suspension controls Sirianni's emotions on the sideline. In his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with coaches and players during games. So basically what he's saying is, Dom, remember Dom is the security guy for the uh, Eagles who got suspended – removed from the sidelines, and he's saying that basically there's a chance the Eagles got worse because Sirianni couldn't control himself without Big Dom there. I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. Is that how you guys understood this tweet? Yes. Yeah.
2: That he keeps him in check.
0: Is it possible that he's
1: right about this?
0: It's possible. I mean, coaches have people that are right there in their hip pocket to help them stay aware of – time and score, game management situations, and, and being able to make sound decisions, it, well, why would it be a bridge too far to suggest that there might be somebody that that might be there to, to potentially help regulate them in, in terms of their overall emotions and making sure that they can stay focused on you know doing the right things in, in your head coaching responsibilities? Like, I mean, just like players have nerves, coaches have nerves. So it's a situation right there where Big Dom might be there as a, somebody to help Nick Seriani stay grounded in the heat of battle. So I, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility for this um, to be their dynamic. What I will say is it, it's, it's an outlier. This is not the norm in terms of what coaches ask their in-game assistants to do.
2: And if he impacts you and the way you behave and the way you communicate or interact with those around you to such a degree that his absence would cause you to for lack of a better term, spiral in different ways or not be able to contain and control that, that's a problem. Because you're telling your players, regardless of what circumstances are happening around you, I need you to do your job. Whether somebody else gets injured or the play isn't developing this way or whatever happens, things could be breaking down around you. I need you to stay focused and execute and do your job. But if Dom's not next to him, he can't do the same thing. He can't regulate his emotions or keep himself in check to the point where he can't execute and do his job without it being a problem. I would have a hard time with that if I was a player.
0: Uh, I'm sure you would. I'm sure those guys in the locker room would. When Nick Sirianni gets there post game and says he doesn't have the answers, when his team is on a losing streak, yeah, the players are probably frustrated. But I guess I'm, I'm left to wonder how much of an impact – did Big Dom's absence have, especially considering that Nick Seriani lost both of his coordinators the year before. Uh-huh. No Shane Steichen, no Jonathan Gannon. Both of those guys moved on to head coaching opportunities. If you lose both of them and then all of a sudden lose the guy that you're relying on in game and Dom to help you stay, you know, in the moment and not let your emotions get the best of you, that could help to explain why the Philadelphia Eagles lost six of their final seven games. It actually makes sense to me that that could be a part of the math when figuring out how their season collapsed.
1: Lost six of seven, one and four post-Dom suspension. What we're saying, basically, or what we're asking on this, and I don't mean this to come off insulting because I think it may come off insulting to people, but it's the it's way I'm going to phrase it. Dom was basically his blankie to go to sleep with at night. It's a comfort, right? Like, my little kids, my kids, my daughter, has a stuffed animal that she has, and a blankie, that she has to go to sleep with every single night or else she can't go to sleep. It creates better emotions for her to go to sleep. I'm not kidding. That's what Dom was. It's like, hey,
0: he's my comfort blanket here. It's both logical it's, it's and insane stra- strange, at the same it's time. It's strange, it's odd. It, it, it absolutely is. Like, I mean, I, I'm most, trying to wrap my brain around I, this a little m- bit. Most coaches don't have an in-game assistant they don't have a that, has, that has that responsibility. Like I said before, like when coaches have that that in-game assistant, it's about somebody helping them to make sure they stay aware of time and score, situations, that type of thing when decisions come out oh okay we got these this amount of timeouts well we're inside of 2 minutes it's you know this is our last challenge. things of that nature yeah. right. right you don't have somebody that's there that's entire responsibility seemingly is to regu- help regular help you to regulate your emotions while you're in the heat of battle.
1: It's interesting because... I can understand, like,
0: here's the thing. Football is a highly emotional game, not just for the players, but for all involved, right? Because we put so much into it. So I can understand how you might be a little bit high strung and how sometimes your emotions get the best of you in terms of your decision-making, but also how you communicate to players in real time, right? Like, sometimes coaches take the mentality, battlefield rules, it's like, I'm just going to talk to you Reckless because we're trying to get something done. And we'll, I'll apologize for the delivery after the fact. Yeah. You know, I'm not really worried about how it lands in the moment because we got more pressing business. So I can understand, like, how you could have somebody like Big Dom that's on hand to help you be mindful of those things. But again, like I said, it's requisite for the job of being a head coach that you have a certain degree of poise. And it's clear that Nick Sirianni does not have that. Otherwise, there would be no need for a Big Dom.
1: You know, there is a guy in the Patriots dynasty for—I don't mean the movie. Maybe although he's in the movie for the last, uh, the documentary for the last twenty years—that CC will know, but average everyday person will not know. Okay, and I think he's the, Belichick's version of this. There is a guy by the name oh, of yeah. Ernie Adams. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Famously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Kraft said, "I don't know what this guy does for us, what but I know that? it's something." That if you actually look at Belichick's record minus Ernie Adams, it's not very good. Ernie Adams was Belichick's guy. They Isn't went to di- like a former intelligence officer. No, 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 I mean, he was in the, at the Navy when Belichick was at the Something Navy. Like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's Belichick's intelligence officer, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. he is. But, like, that's his blankie. That's his comfort. That guy. I think people have that. It's just, if Nick Sirianni cannot control emotions without Dom, that's, and these are not like lifelong friends like Belichick and Ernie Adams.
2: Also, if this is true, that this is part of the reason we saw the erosion of the Philadelphia Eagles down the stretch is because Big Dom wasn't there to help Nick Sirianni keep his emotions controlled. Doesn't that make you scratch your head a little bit more as to why the Eagles would bring back Nick Sirianni? Like, if this was such a factor... Just make Dom the head coach. And the results of what we saw out on the field, I, that makes me a little bit more confused as to why you would want to double down and recommit to him next season, if this is true.
1: I think it's very fair. CeCe, you you said famously on our show, I don't know what Sirianni does. And now you add this... I don't assume you're taking that take back anytime soon. No, I
0: don't know what he does. And on top of that, we've got to make sure that there's someone there so he can manage his emotions. It's not great. It's not great. I'm sure sure our resident Eagles fan Pat Costello (laughs) doesn't feel great about this. Pat, how do you
1: take this before we uh, take a quick break and get the calls in on the uh, Doc Rivers game that we're playing here uh, in terms of Kevin Bacon, Samuel Jackson around sports? What do you got on this, uh, Pat?
3: Yeah, I'm not even a little bit surprised, and it makes complete sense why they fell apart because Nick Sirianni uh, has his emotions in check about as much as you do with uh, our buddy Nick Carty, who's behind me.
1: Oh. oh, boy.
2: This guy. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Really?
3: I, oh, I have,
1: a, I have a beef with an ESPN what's radio your, producer. What's your really? beef with Nick Cardi? Nick Hardy, Um, I walk into a studio at Bristol a couple of weeks ago. I'm sitting there with Cam, who's a great producer for, for Greeny. I'm sitting down. Nick Cardi walks in. He says, get up. I need that computer. I said, hi, I'm Evan. Nice to meet you. Never, no, no pleasantries, no exchanges, nothing. His first words to me were, get up.
0: That's not, not, not true. Not That's the, such a lie. That is such a lie.
1: That's a lie? A lie? We're going to do this again? Up. What I'm, did you do? I said, hey, do you mind? I need to do work for our network. <laughs> and I don't do work for the network? You were just talking at the time, and you were in the one chair I needed to be in. Hey, I have the utmost respect. Hey, I wa- do you mind? Hey, do you mind? You know what? I want you doing this to CeCe when he's in Bristol next. No, I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're See, on Car- Cardi knows his personnel. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. CC's on a mission to find a coach that was a coach for more than nine teams. Have you found it yet? I'm finding listen, it's not just coaches, it's players too. Nine is just a number. Nine is a number. Josh McCall, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's just it's just this is a thing now. They're both at night. Yeah, this is weird, man. It's getting weird. Strange. It's All right,
1: getting how strange. did we, how did we get it's here? Getting strange. We got here because there's been a lot of conversation about Doc Rivers, and we talked about how Doc Rivers has the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks has interacted with so many different people across his NBA career, both as a coach and a player. And we have labeled him the Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Bacon of the NBA in that he is connected to everyone. And who else is like that in sports? Names are coming up in all of these different sports, um, like the ones you just mentioned in terms of Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we will bring it up with you guys at 888-SAY-ESPN. Dayton in Utah, listening on 700 ESPN, a place that Pat Costello, our producer, attacked yesterday, claiming (laughs) that there are no good tacos in Utah. Hello, Dayton.
5: Hello, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, I just want to say I think a little bit of a dark horse is uh, Kyle Shanahan with all the teams that his dad was a part of and all the teams he's been a coordinator for, and now the 49ers. I think he's something, someone you got to look at just to see because he's been there his whole life. Yeah,
1: but if we fa- it's I don't know if it's fair to factor in father or son, but let's see. He's been uh, six
0: NFL teams, six, He's been a coach.
1: Okay, so he doesn't he doesn't get past that nine number. Did mm-hmm. did you take offense by the way to the idea that Pat Costello said that there are no good taco places in Utah, Dayton? Absolutely not.
5: Utah has the most mid Mexican food <laughs> you'll ever
1: eat in your life. Wow. So you're saying that Pat's take was a good take as somebody who's probably never been to Utah, just the blind. Tacos aren't <laughs> good in Utah. Yeah, think arms of victory,
2: victory. Yeah. Wow. in victory formation right now. Wow. It's
1: mid. Wow. Yeah. All right, mid. uh Brad in Canada, listening on SiriusXM Channel 80. What's up, Brad? How you guys doing? Thanks Morning. for taking my call. What's going on? I, I was also going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know he's nine teams, uh, I believe, in 17 years. But you also got to take, um, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, but Josh Johnson, I believe he was the backup quarterback on San in that playoff game last year in the NFC Championship. Yes, he uh, was. He's got 14 teams. Josh, John, thanks for the call. Josh Johnson's 14 NFL teams? Let me look here. All right, Luke, count them for me if you could. Okay. Uh, Bucks, Niners, Browns, Bengals. Niners again, Bengals again. We leave those out. Jets, Colts, Bills, Ravens, Giants, Texans, Raiders, Washington. Detroit Lions, Niners again, Jets again, or uh, Ravens again, Broncos, Niners again, currently on the Ravens. You can't count the teams that he's been on multiple times. Right. But so, still we're at yeah. 14. 14 with like 17
0: stops. That's insane. Yeah, it's wild. Pretty good. That- now, a lot of that is a practice squad, right? He's been on the practice squad for most of those, right? Um, yeah cuz I'm sitting here looking yeah, at it. Yeah cuz it has like, the yeah.
1: the little asterisk next to it. So is does that yeah, mean He's only
0: been on an active roster for 7 of those teams. All right, here's an impossible question seven for you. 7 of those. Okay. If you're
1: on 14 NFL teams at any given point, does that mean you're wanted or not wanted?
2: Wanted. You're on 14 different teams. You're but wanted in some way.
0: 13 of them say goodbye to you. Um, you're wanted but not followed, according to Justin Fields, man. That's right. You're wanted but not followed. We mess with you, but we don't <laughs> we follow mess, you. We mess with you, <laughs> but we ain't following you, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Dwayne in South
1: Carolina listening on WTMZ. What's up, Dwayne? On to next
0: ride. Good
1: morning.
5: Morning. Um. The- Best coach that I think we can come up with is uh, Ron Rivera. He played for Chicago, coached at Chicago, uh, coached in Philly, coached in San Diego, and then head coach Carolina and head coach at Washington.
1: I gotta be honest, Ron Rivera is a, a good guess. But or a good a good um, a con- contribution, but I don't know that he's been around enough. No, as much as he's been around, it's not enough. I think it's like six teams. Yeah, Bears, Eagles, Bears again, Chargers, uh, Panthers. Panthers, Commanders, commanders that's five, it. and then yeah. uh, and then the Bears is a player. Yeah, no, he doesn't. I I don't think he can he can fit in this. No. Uh, Woogie, oh, I'm sorry, uh, no, Woogie, yeah, Woogie in Illinois, listening on siriusxm XM eighty. What's up, Woogie?
3: Hey, it's great morning.
5: Thanks for taking my call, team. Woogie, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I also had uh, Ron Rivera, um, uh-huh. but not so much as the Samuel L. Jackson, but the Danny Trejo of the NFL. <laughs>
1: oh, you're giving different actors on this. Okay, got it. All right, the Danny Trejo of the NFL. Uh, yeah, Ron Rivera in the mix. Matt in North Carolina on Sirius XM eighty. What's up, Matt? Good morning. How we doing? Morning. Um,
5: not currently in the league, but I came up with Norv Turner, who's I think ten different organizations plus USC and maybe Oregon.
1: Okay, let's look them up. Norv Turner, of course, former NFL head coach, uh, famously the uh, assistant coach with, with Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Norv Turner, let's see, count them here. We're just going to use the NFL teams. Rams, Cowboys, Washington, Chargers, Dolphins, Raiders, Niners, Chargers again, Browns, Vikings, Panthers. Ten. Ten.
0: North Turner. We got it? Norv Turner. Norv Turner is the answer. Nor Brian Schottenheimer's sneaky close, too. Brian Schottenheimer's got nine. Really? Brian Schottenheimer. Why is it Did nine? we say Wade Phillips?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, say Wade, Wade, Wade Phillips. Wade is nine, yeah.
0: Why, why do we think
1: it's nine? Is it like a team looks at it and says, well, we can't be the 10th team that yeah, hires this right. guy? <laughs> like, right. nine is a number that you get away with. <laughs> 10, everybody's yeah. going to notice. That's honestly what it feels like yeah, right now. That is
0: exactly what it feels like. Player or coach. Yeah, totally. It's like, oh, we're going to be That's the 10th <laughs> team? Really? Nine other teams say goodbye to this guy. We can't be
1: the 10th team on this one. There's got
0: to be a reason for it. Like this, maybe the benefits or something changes once you get to that 10th oh, team. Oh, maybe. I don't know what it is. It's got to be something attached to it.
2: Something contractually yeah, kicks exactly. In. <laughs> I don't believe in
0: coincidences when it comes to the NFL Yeah, at me all.
2: either. No doubt. No way.
0: So how did Norv get past
1: this? We just didn't realize. Nobody looked at his resume or something. Norv Turner, 10 different teams, plus USC offensive coordinator at one point. Mm-hmm. That's, wow. Norv Turner. Norv Turner. Congratulations, Norv. You are officially Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Bacon. Nobody has ever mentioned Norv Turner, Samuel L. Jackson, and Kevin Bacon in the same sentence. But we did so today here on Unsportsmanlike. Congratulations to us. Can he or can't he? Coming up next, we're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Can he? Can he? Uh, Oh, can't can't he? he? This is not uh, 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 hard-hitting analysis. It's not that. Can he or can't he? That is the question. Damn, that word analysis whooped my ass on that one.
2: How many, how many start and stops did we have in that? <laughs> wow.
1: You know what's
0: upsetting about that?
1: Could not get, that? get
3: it
2: out. And,
1: uh, uh, and, uh, get it out. My goodness. There is something that's upsetting about that. What's up? I am very jealous of whoever the hosts were. Maybe it was Carlin. I don't know. Whenever that, that happened, because yeah. that was not with us. Mm. Smalls and I did not get the benefit of that yeah. moment with you. Oh, my goodness. Of you, something ha- getting hit by lightning yeah. in
0: the middle of a sentence. Yeah. Carlin calls it verbal Vietnam. Like when you that find yourself in right a there. word or in a sentence that you can't get out of. Been there. Yeah, verbal Vietnam. We've all been there. Yeah,
1: thousand percent. I think I've been there a lot today, as a matter of fact. Uh, can he...
0: Doc al- Rivers reveals that you've been there a lot. Yes. In verbal Vietnam. He knew, today. yeah. He tried to keep he, you out of it. He called it. <laughs> mm. We give questions
1: out. We decide if he can or can't. Smalls? Yeah. Me
2: first? Can he or can't he? Can Jokic win his third MVP? The odds minus 120.
0: I mean, he can. I mean, at this point why would you bet against Jokic especially when we're going into the second half of the season? This is all this is the time where all NBA players start taking the regular season seriously and there's no reason to think that Jokic with his team locked in the fourth spot right now won't do everything he can to climb up in the standings. So I think this is when The real true title contenders start to operate, start to play at a higher level, and I'm anticipating Jokic taking it to another level. So, yeah, I think he's going to win his third MVP this year.
1: I think he can, but I want to ask a question off the question. I'm being dead serious when I ask this. Do you think he wants to? Or is it going to be annoying for him because he's going to have to do media as a result? He's going to get more attention. He's going to have to hold up the trophy. Will that actually bother Nikola Jokic if he wins the MVP?
2: Think about that, that an MVP would be an annoyance to you.
1: He just wants to play basketball and go home to, to play with his
0: animals in Serbia.
2: But I think that if he's doing it, he wants to do it at a high level, obviously. I
0: get it, but I He's doing it at a high level. I mean, all the advanced analytics favor Nikola Jokic. He's number one in box plus minus, number one in offensive plus plus minus, defensive box plus minus, and value over replacement. This dude is a monster. He, He is a monster. Nobody impacts the game like Nikola Jokic does. He's the best player in the NBA, period. Next
1: one. Can the Clippers get to their franchise first NBA Finals?
0: they can. The only way they do is if Kawhi Leonard is fully healthy. Like as long as Kawhi Leonard is fully healthy once the postseason gets here and assuming James Harden and Paul George play their role, then they absolutely can get to the NBA finals. I mean, I, I think that Kawhi Leonard, when he's healthy, is, is the best two-way player in the entire NBA. And when you look at having two other guys that can be all NBA caliber performers on any given night and Paul George And James Harden, especially when you consider the rest of that roster, too. Norm Powell has been playing good ball. Russell Westbrook, Terrence Mann, they have a really deep team. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just Kawhi Leonard and friends. And so, as long as Kawhi Leonard is the guy that's healthy and available for the final five minutes of those games in the playoffs, where you need somebody to take over clutch time, yeah, I could absolutely see the Clippers punching their ticket to the NBA Finals.
2: Next one, canny or canty, can Russell Wilson get a starting quarterback job in 2024?
0: Yeah, I think he can. Uh, there are never enough quality starting quarterback jobs to go around, and there are going to be teams that are going to be left outside looking in when it comes to the the quarterback sweepstakes in the draft, and there are going to be teams that that just don't view any other players as better options considering the money that Russell Wilson is going to cost you. When you sign him. Remember, the Denver Broncos got to pick up the tab on $39 million for Russell Wilson this season. So you could sign Russell Wilson on the vet minimum, which is a million bucks, and thinking about having a a competent starting level quarterback on a million dollar contract, that would be one of the biggest bargains in the NFL. It's like what the San Francisco 49ers had with Brock Purdy, right? You had a quarterback that was playing at a Pro Bowl level, making less than a million dollars a year. Huge advantage in terms of roster construction. I think Russell Wilson can offer a team that views themselves as a quarterback away from a playoff contending spot. He, Russell Wilson can offer that for an NFL team. So, yes, he will be a starter in the league in 2024.
1: Uh, I absolutely agree. I am now convinced Russell Wilson is going to be with the Steelers and Justin Fields is going to be with the Falcons. I'm like, just, I'm going to be surprised yeah. if it's not that at this yeah, point. Agreed. But I want to ask a wild card question off of this. Is there any chance he's back with the Broncos in a restructured deal? Mm, No.
2: It feels like it's the end of the
1: road. No, no,
0: no. Because he's still technically on the team. Yeah, he's technically on the team, but if they keep him on the roster past March 17th, that guarantees some of the 2025 salary for Russell Wilson. And let me tell you what the Denver Broncos ain't going to (laughs) do is that part. If you're Russell Wilson, you're holding their feet to the fire. You already got $39 million coming to you. So you're like, look, you're either going to trade me or cut me, but you're going to make a decision before the start of the new league, league year, mm-hmm. which is why that date is what it is in his contract. And so I, if you're Russell Wilson, you're just waiting for your next opportunity. Right. All right, uh, next one. Can
1: or Canty here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Can Dak Prescott become the highest paid player in the NFL this offseason?
0: You know what? I'm actually going to change my stance on this one. If you would have asked me this question a week ago, I would have said he can. I don't think he can now. I'm going to say Whoa. he can. I don't think Dak Prescott is going to be the highest paid player in the league. I think the playoff loss to the Packers has left such a sour taste in Jerry Jones's mouth that I don't think he's going to go down that road. I'm not saying that Dak Prescott's days are done in Dallas. What I will say is I think that Jerry Jones is content playing out the string with Dak Prescott. As you might remember, Dan Graziano, when he came on our show a couple of weeks ago, he said that the Cowboys can restructure Dak's contract without his permission, move some of that cap hit into the voidable years that they have left on that deal. And so I think the Cowboys could take that approach and allow not only Mike McCarthy to go into the season as a lame duck, but also allow Dak Prescott to go into the season without any contractual guarantees beyond 2024.
1: cc I believe that people are allowed to change their minds with more information. You have changed your mind a lot on Dak Prescott since the season ended with more information as we progress. Let's do the oral history of your opinions on Dak Prescott (laughs) since the season ended. Season ends. If I'm not mistaken, you immediately say they cannot give him a long-term contract extension. Correct. Okay. You take some time to breathe. We all kind of see the playoffs evolve. You then say... They're going to not have any choice but to give him a contract extension, correct, correct? Correct. And now you're back to they can give him a contract extension, but not at the highest price.
0: Yeah. Well, see, so I think, you've
1: split the difference on the two opinions. No, previous. I'm not splitting
0: the difference at okay, all. I mean, we first through of it. all, he's, he's, he's only going to settle for the highest price. That Prescott is not going to take a team friendly deal. Okay. We know that. So he's not, he's going to have to be the highest paid quarterback, highest paid player in the league if and when he signs another deal with yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. That's just what it is. Right, Otherwise, he'll go into the year and test free agency. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The Cowboys said that they were all-in on this season. They're going to go all-in in 2024, and I took that to mean they're going to extend Dak to lower his cap hit so they can then utilize that cap space in other areas on their team to improve the roster make it as good as it can. Right. Well, if you can lower the cap hit without giving them any more money, then I think Jerry Jones is going to take what's behind door number three.
1: And how do you do that?
0: Well, I guess they restructure the contract, but without more with, years, without without more years, without more money, and they don't do it with Dak, Dak's permission. So I they convert it the, to
1: a signing bonus.
0: No, I I don't know that they're converting anything to a signing bonus.
1: Well, how do you lower the cap? I then? don't
0: l- listen. Dan Graziano said it. I'm just listening to what Dan I said. Think,
1: I think think that is how you would have to do it. I believe you can convert money into a signing bonus without the player's position, uh, excuse me, permission, which would lower the cap hit without having to give him an extension, which is what you're saying.
0: I don't know the mechanics of it all, but I know that Dan Graziano said it's possible to lower his cap hit and move some of that money into the voidable years of the deal.
1: Let's play this out even further. They do that. They don't need his permission. He's still getting the same amount of money he would have gotten no, otherwise. No doubt. No doubt. Does he then ask out, as I've been suggesting?
0: Well, why would he ask out if the Cowboys are willing to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the sport? Because they're not extending the deal. Right now? So because they're not extending the, the deal right now, does he ask out?
1: Yeah, because he doesn't want to be a lame duck quarterback.
0: Yeah, but I don't know that he can do that. Here's the thing. I don't know that the demand will be the same because once we get to a certain point in the calendar in the NFL offseason, everybody's locked in with their quarterback depth charts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once we get past the draft – who your quarterback is, who QB1 is, is pretty much locked in. They, they don't have, have to be in the next two or three weeks. Don't have to do a, they don't have to do a deal in the short term. There's no rule that says, hey, we got to do something right now, unless Dak Prescott says so. And based on what we've seen from Dak in the past, he hasn't held their feet to the fire in that way. Like, even when they franchise tagged him, he signed the franchise tag. He's played under the franchise tag. So I, I, don't, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't do the same, knowing that he's got 50 million bucks coming to him this coming year.
2: All right, let's get to the last one: Canny or Canty? Can the Chiefs keep uh, their very important D tackle, Chris Jones?
0: They can, and I don't think they have any choice. I mean, when you start thinking about it, like Chris, Chris Jones is you know the guy that you have to game plan for. Like in any offensive game plan meeting, he's the player that they circle in terms of who you have to be accountable for on every single play. When Chris Jones lines up, there needs to be at least two sets of hands on him, maybe even three. I mean, short of Aaron Donald, he's the best interior defensive lineman in all of football. That's how good Chris Jones is. And think about what he did in the postseason. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the Buffalo Bills game, he keeps that from being a touchdown throw to Shakir in the end zone when the Buffalo Bills work it into the red zone. I mean, in the Super Bowl, there were a couple of throws that he prevented from being touchdowns, like the one where uh, uh, Brock Purdy was trying to throw it to Juwan Jennings, but Brandon Ayuk was wide open. He kept that from being a touchdown. And then also the one in overtime where Debo Samuel was wide open in the end zone. He kept that from being a touchdown. So... Chris Jones is an absolute game wrecker, and he is directly led to the Kansas City Chiefs being able to win a Super Bowl. So Jeff Darlington, great NFL reporter,
1: came on Get Up the other day, 8 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN, and said that if given the choice between the hypothetical of Mike Evans or Chris Jones on the Kansas City Chiefs, he would choose Mike Evans. I personally would choose Chris Jones. Where would you guys go on that on that hypothetical?
0: Well, Chris Jones is going to be more expensive. Right now, the highest paid defensive player in all of football is Nick Bosa, and that's at $34 million a year. So if you're going to sign Chris Jones to a four-year deal, that's four years, $136 million. Wow.
1: Does that get you frustrated as a player? Why now? would I be frustrated? No. I'm
0: glad these guys are getting their money. No, I'm saying – I'm so. glad they're getting their money. What would you have gotten? Uh, not Chris Jones' money, but what, uh, not Chris Jones' money. Roughly in your prime, it does. You know what? F. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I got. I made enough money. I know. And it's just, not these just guys' tell, money. Tell the world how good you were as a player. I was good. I was a good player. You were very I was, a good. I player. wasn't Chris Jones though. Okay. Well, and Chris Jones <laughs> is gonna get a bag of money in a in a matter of a few days. And he deserves it. He's got it. that fresh cash coming to him in a few. days. No, no, no. How no, much? No. How much better does it get for you, Smalls? Though, come you on. You win the Super Bowl. You go back to back. First team to do that in twenty years and then you know you got over $100 million coming to you in a brand-new contract?
2: Talk about the best vacation of your life. Oh, my
0: goodness.
2: Oh, my goodness. I'm basking in the sunshine, thinking about the latest Lombardi that I won, knowing that I'm going to get over $100 million in a matter of days, weeks. No one is having a better vacation than Chris Jones. No one.
1: (laughs) All right, you guys can deflect all you want. I'm putting your feet to the fire. 26-year-old Chris Canty hits free agency today.
0: I don't know, Ev, you tell me what I would have got. Four, I don't know. Four for eighty? I I'm not gonna say no. Why would I say how can you say that's the thing, you I'll say, say no to absurd amount of money. Okay Who's gonna say a no to twenty million dollars a year? Chris Jones. No <laughs> Yeah, he would. would. That's a great point. That's a great point. point. Uh, CC, Uh, tell everybody about Vivid Seats where they're going to get their money's worth. (laughs) Yes, secure your seats and your memories this year from Vivid Seats. Your home for every dunk, every slap shot, and every stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase from buzzer beaters to walk-off homers, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important
1: part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
5: must be
4: 21 plus in present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
0: this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN radio all right time to win some money canty's best bet I'm
3: talking down the bill y'all You're chasing that bag y'all of the night <laughs>
0: So the best bet is starting to turn into the KOD. <laughs> we had no NBA earlier this week. We've been in college basketball, and it has not gone, go, gone well. I mean, we picked Miami plus five and a half last night, and they lost by 30. Oh, not great. No. <laughs> this is after we took UConn to beat Creighton. They lost by 20. But at least their best player was a, and, a salsa and, salesman. And then that was after I took my alma mater, to beat Virginia Tech, they lost by 34. Ooh. So it has not been great. So you're not only losing, it's blowout it's losses. It's blowout losses. So, I mean, we're getting to the territory now where it's like we almost have to fade my picks. But, but, I've, en- I've enlisted some help. Okay. So not only do we have Javante getting involved for the best bet tonight. Okay. We've got our very own Patrick Costello getting involved as Ooh, well. Patrick. So okay. Pat, I use the government name, you Patrick did. Costello, is getting involved with this one. Hopefully, he can bring us a little bit of luck. And we're going to do something that we typically don't do. Can we're, I ask you a quick going, question? We're, we're going across a couple of different sports here tonight as a part of our parlay. We You're are. taking the we anti-hibachi
1: are. guy to help you? I am. I okay. am. Because right. maybe
0: he can be anti-me losing my parlay. Hey, desperate right. right. so times calls for desperate right. exactly. times. I'm willing to do I whatever it, to to it takes. That. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help the people make money. We got to get out of this slump. What, that's what I'm here for. So, we're going to first turn to the association. Back in action tonight. Right. Boston Celtics on the road. Gets the Chicago Bulls. We're going to take the Celtics to win by five and a half. And we're going to take the under on that game, which is 225 and a half, And we're going to take those two legs of the parlay and put that with hockey. hockey. We're going to do what? that hockey. Rangers, Devils, we're going to go under on goals scored. So the under is six and a half. So we're going to go under six and a half. Okay. Goals scored. We're going to go under 225 and a half, uh, in Boston Celtics, Chicago Bulls, and we're going to take the C's, lay the five and a half points. That parlay pays out at plus 456. Only you, then, based on this,
1: based on what you just set this up, could see a hockey blowout hit an over based on your
0: recent it parlays. It could happen. Oh, wow. And it, what's interesting is, Pat, when we initially were building this parlay, he wanted to take the over. I said the over. Nuno said, no, 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 take the under. He wanted, to say, he wanted to take the over. I mean, I feel like in hockey the you automatically take under, ought to have no? Six and a half. is a well, lot. Well, no, because the you have like an eight-three the- hockey uh, game. The- six and a half, half is a lot. <laughs> okay,
2: the-, the, the Rangers last three games: they defeated the Dallas Stars three to one, they defeated the Islanders six to five, yeah, and Montreal seven to four. Yeah, their last three games. So yeah. they've been they've been yeah, putting the biscuit in the basket. But they hit, hit the, the- but all they all hit the
3: under their uh, last game, so you're good. Okay. Okay. If not, blame Pat. <laughs> I like that Good idea. Nuno, it was Nuno. Blame it Nuno. Was, you can't blame me for this. Mm, coconut. We can, we can blame all of you. <laughs> He's a coconut.
0: You're a coconut. Coconut. He's a coconut. That's what he is. You
2: can't blame <laughs> him for this. <laughs> <laughs> coconut. Use the safe word.
1: He <laughs> survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day.
5: That was terrible. Was not a great look.
1: All right, it is time for the most unsportsmanlike moments of the day. Uh, I love when our unsportsmanlike moments, something different, something weird, something quirky, Mm. happen in-house with our family. Yes. So yesterday, on Greeny, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio, Greeny, Hembo, Kimberly A. Martin, all together. And Hembo told a story about his Valentine's Day weekend. On the radio is when he told the story. Maybe, possibly. Okay, well, the story he told... Is that he went to Moulin Rouge, the play on Broadway.
2: Okay, yeah. And
1: he was very uncomfortable. Why? Too many butts. (laughs) It's Moulin Rouge. Yeah, what do you expect? He said he was with his wife Valentine's Day weekend and there were too many butts. But his wife wanted to go see it. It Sounds that way. Okay, so so what's the problem? Yeah,
2: what's the problem? He
1: was uncomfortable by the amount of butts. What he, he saw. What
2: did he think? It was disrespectful to his wife if he's looking at the butts?
1: No, he is just as plain of a human as exists in this world. I do understand the concept of going to a movie or a show, and your significant other wouldn't necessarily be this with someone, and then something is shown on stage or on screen that you're just like, I don't want to be watching it with this person. For example, what was the Swan movie? What was it? Black Swan. Black Swan. I Great never film. saw. I never saw that. You've seen that? Oh, never it's wa- amazing. Never was. Okay. Oh, it's an amazing. My wife movie. saw that movie with her grandmother.
2: Very intense. Uh, well, <laughs> there's a scene that maybe she might not have wanted to sit around for
1: with her grandmother.
2: But it's art. It's a film.
1: I understand. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Now, Kimberly, but sometimes Mar- you
0: just got to take the L, though. I mean, if that's what your wife wants to do on Valentine's Day, then you just take the L. That's but he was okay. uncomfortable by the butts. But
2: she's also looking at the butts. You know what I
0: mean? One would think. Yeah. Yeah, because you're watching the show. So
1: we're both looking at butts. All right.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How can I get mad at you? I'm looking don't,
0: too. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? I, don't, I don't see a problem.
1: Uh, Kimberly A. Martin uh, told us a story that was very Michelle Smallman like I oh, think, boy. with what's going on with her as well. Oh, no. Mm. Maybe
0: she didn't. Wow.
1: Uh, Nuno, what so is happening? So this ha-
0: is story time with Evan. Uh, well, I don't know the you're full you're story on this stories. one.
1: Nuno, what happened with Kimberly A. Martin's uh, eye here? Can you explain this that one? That I don't
3: know, because... I haven't heard the story. I know there were some issues. She was having some issues with her. Get a bloody eye
1: in Las Vegas. A bloody eye. Somehow a bloody eye.
2: That is very me. But how did she get a bloody eye? That part I I don't know.
1: That part I have no idea about. But yes, uh, This is a great story. Well, I was What is the story? So did you hear the story? I sent you the story, but I didn't actually hear the uh, the entire uh, So
3: it could have (laughs) just been something like flew in her eye and then it just started bleeding. No, there was something that happened.
1: But anyway. this is great. Let's recklessly speculate about this. (laughs) Well, I
3: do you want me
0: to go behind <laughs> the, the scenes on this one? You sent it, it, yes. What is this, the hangover? Yeah, what's going uh, on I here? Know, I don't know what's happening well, right now. I was told
1: Kmart, we have the sound. So well, we yes, <laughs>
3: we're, but for whatever reason, TV's, when TV's firing off, we're just having a little technical issue. Okay. So we're it happens. We're, efforting we're efforting live. Right now, we're we doing this efforting. live. Here's, here's we're the doing best, it live. Here's yes, the best we're doing part.
1: Here's the best part. There is a great reporter in the studio with Nuno and Company right now that's doing a show, uh, doing a story, uh, Derek Feiderman for Barrett Sports Media for the entire day in the life of ESPN Radio. <laughs> yeah. He literally walked in the only moment this entire week we had technical difficulties. Wow. At this very moment, Derek walks in, he did a great story on smalls uh, a couple of months ago. Wow. And this is the moment that he arrives. Yeah. Welcome to
0: Unsportsman, <laughs> So, My God. So, sounds like the guys in the control room are panicking a little bit. Oh, you think that's what, I it, think is? That's what it is? Oh, they're shut they the down. Wow. You know what? They're like yeah, Nick
1: Sirianni exactly. without Big
2: Dom.
0: Exactly. You know, yeah, like, Dom? Is Dom. exactly. Where is Dom? Yeah. Confirm Justin Craig, not Big Dom, because he's <laughs> in the studio
1: that's too. That's right. Nuno <laughs> not
0: settling everybody down. Nuno and Pat.
3: What's are you up?
1: are you guys I'm, nervous right now? No, I'm actually Eric just there.
3: listening to the Kimberly talk about the fact that she just went to lunch with a friend, went back to her hotel room and a and a blood vessel popped in her eye and just started bleeding.
2: A, bl- a blood be- vessel popped in her yeah, eye? Yeah, yeah.
3: That's what she said. Oh, that my God. That sounds so painful. It uh-huh.
2: does.
1: Kimberly also had a big issue with us yesterday. She came up to us, yeah, Smalls and upset. I, in the hallway, she that upset. she was not on the survivor list.
2: She was upset we didn't draft that her. That
1: she wanted to be on the survivor K- list. Kmart should
0: be on the survivor <laughs> she and list. She
2: She's said, only got
0: one
1: eye.
2: Would you survive? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bad, damn, Pat!
0: <laughs> Wait, are you, wow. I, are you questioning if Kmart should be on that list? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just. I, I don't know why she would be so offended that she's not on the list, especially when you look at who I selected.
3: Well, I feel I, pretty I'm good sorry. about my team. You put, When you draft Dan Orlowski for a Survivor Edition thing, maybe nice. I think that's why she gets offended.
2: Yeah, but you heard the reasoning behind it. The, He'll eat anything. He'll survive. And he was a former pro athlete. And he's a professional athlete. Yeah, Thank you.
0: that part. <laughs> I that's think there I are a
1: lot of our ESPN personality draft lists that we've done that Kmart could be a part of. Oh, yes. yeah.
2: Best hang, Super Bowl party. That,
1: those she should have a beef Tons with. Of stuff. Does she survive? That's like me having an issue with. I'm not on Survivor. Why would anybody pick me ever in any way, shape, or form? I actually wouldn't be picked for any worst hang. I may be picked for if we were going to do. Actually,
0: it. it might be a good idea to pick you for Survivor because if we're we're on an island and we're running away from trouble, I got. I know I can run faster than you. Uh, no, you don't. I know I can run faster. No, you faster. don't. I know I can run faster No, do. you cannot. I don't have to be no, I you you cannot. faster it's than confirmed. the animal. I just got to be faster than that. The
2: fact that you think that you could beat Chris Canty <laughs> in a race. I do. Like, I admire your delusion in that.
0: Granny up next. We're on to Friday. We're on Sportsman
1: Life, presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on
5: ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.